All right. Hey, Joseph, how are you, sir? Tommy, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, and you know, I just uh, wanted to start off this uh, particular episode by dipping into our mailbag, of which we have basically one email at this point. Oh, Although, okay. I've had a back and forth with this person, so we'll get to the later one at another episode, I suppose. Um, but uh, this is actually a person named Jenny Deards that's spelled J-E-N-I. Should I say the name? He did, so go for it. Why don't you cut that out? <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll call her Jenny. Okay. Uh, we'll Jay, call her anyway. So, Jay uh, Deards. No, no, no. Jenny D. Jenny D. Uh, you know, it's too fucking late now. I've already said her full name. I, I suck. Okay. So, uh, Jay anyways, uh, subject of the email into our little mailbag is a massive FOF fan, which is great. And then, uh, and then starts off unashamed. It's got dot, 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 unashamed in the, uh, the beginning of the thing. So she writes, hello, Finleys. I'm so excited. This is, uh, this came out in, uh, she sent this to us on um, September, September the 16th. Fuck, it's that late in the year, isn't it? It's so crazy to me. Anyway, so she, uh, so she writes in, so excited and also slightly embarrassed to be sending you, as we'd say in Scotland, fan mail. So this is from Scotland. I really love your show and even your much apparently criticized 30 minutes in stint. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, I think that was when we were talking. Remember before we had those periods where we would just start off by talking about nonsense? Yeah. So she apparently even liked that. Huh, that's a fucking hardcore fan. Yeah. Right there. Um, oh, seriously, guys, it's great. I love classic film to the point that I've been uh, requested to stop talking about it around other people, specifically uh, specifically the Marx Brothers. So, uh, you know, you're passionate about them. I'm worried, uh, though, as it has been a few weeks without a new episode, which is fine. However, there is a global pandemic, so you may have both died or gone. <laughs> Uh, or gone and uh, given up for hygienic reasons. We would never do that, just so you know, Jenny. We, yeah. we don't have hygienic reasons. That doesn't work for us. No. Nope. Um, please, uh, please don't uh, die or stop. I'm still plowing my way through all of your quality <laughs> chat. Uh, and if you do have a Marx Brothers Patreon episode or Woody Allen, I may even uh, subscribe. I should probably get on that anyways. Uh, I've since told her what we've got planned for what which our plans not, for Patreon. Which we're not going to say right now. Not right now, no. So uh, anyway, so that was, that's a, that's the initial email from Jenny. I've since responded and she's responded back to me. So we got a little conversation going there, but anyways, oh. but I think, yeah, a little, uh, well, yeah, no, Joe. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think, uh, she, uh, she's a Scottish woman, which means she has a knife and, uh, I know she has real opinions about the Marx brothers, which I think would, uh, I'm, I'm open to that. We should, uh, yeah, I think, let me think here. Several oh, things, please, Joe, please. This is, you sprung this on At me. At some point. I think I, I have had recently stopped wishing that you would die, and now I'm going to start wishing that you would die again, just so that we could sort of somehow respond to the Jenny situation. Right. Wait. What? No. Please clarify. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? Leave that there. Oh, and then I was going to leave that there. Yeah, I can't believe Plop. a lot of a lot of things about this letter seem bogus to me. Okay. I can't believe we have a fan. At all, <laughs> let alone from although internationally, like where everyone else is more sophisticated, but then she's and it's Scotland, so you're like, oh, okay, maybe. Whenever I look that at, makes it more like uh, I like the analytics, and, and I see where people are listening. Whenever like a new listener or two pops up in like Turkey mm -hmm. or Egypt or something, it just seems unbelievable that anyone 
um, listens to us. And like, yeah, well, that's because uh, when they do that in Turkey and Egypt, that's because they're showing they're li- the people are listening to us in, yeah. as a class in a madrasa to why the why the jihad's a great idea. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No, that's that's a good take point. out these yammering ass. Whips. So yeah, I think it's great that that Jenny, who I'm assuming Jenny is, um, well, Scotland, right? So alcoholic probably right armed with a knife apparently uh, with apparently knife. scotland is a very stabby place it's one of the things i know <laughs> I, i'd love to go to scotland i haven't been there jenny if you uh you know <laughs> jenny's got an eye want to kick in for the and a knife and uh and and a, a pint of something or other and she enjoys listening to us and i think that is just astounding to me Isn't but great <laughs> it's fucking kind of amazing so um yeah i fucking think internet, because huh? hardly anyone ever sends emails i think that it's really um kind of an obligation because i was asking you before we started what we should do next and it sounds like this is what we should do next let's just do the marx brothers that's that's exactly what next, i was saying but yeah. let's do it for our next main episode so yeah that, that could be a couple weeks or a yeah, week we don't want her to, <laughs> we don't want her to pay for it no no one should be in fact it's kind of weird that we're putting this this behind a patreon wall come to think of it but fuck it that well that is well that will maybe we'll as we know wink wink dash sos Okay, Joe. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks, Jenny, for sending. We're okay. I think we're fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we're old, and you know. Yeah. We're we're definitely experiencing the bottom end of the uh, the boundary of mortality. I would suspect, but uh, yeah, we're doing good. I mean, there's nothing to do with the pandemic, certainly. I would say if there's anything that demonstrates why people wouldn't be listening to our show, it's the first five minutes of this particular episode. What do you mean? (laughs) Well, it's not your fault. We're charming as shit. We're just being charming as fuck. All right, all right. right. Well, thank you, Jenny, and and uh, good suggestion. Let's do some Marx Brothers because I'm a big fan of. You of, are, uh, and I might be the controversial one on this. We'll talk, but anyway. So yeah, like, I think it sounds like you're going to be the controversial one because well, uh, you one more time. You just to tell feel me comfortable because she's Laurel, from Scotland, seeing the that scene Laurel and Hardy have, uh, deserve to be in the same building as the Marx Brothers. You are fucking insane. I think that Laurel and Hardy should build the building that the Marx Brothers are in, so it would have collapsed. Without getting into, we'll get into this during the Marx Brothers episode. But without getting into, do you think that Laurel and Hardy <laughs> movies are better than Marx Brothers movies? Well, first off, um, no, no, without a joke. Like, do you think that? that no, 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 no. Without, <laughs> by the way, no, no, Tom. I want a serious answer. I'm yes, sorry, absolutely. But do you think that Laurel and Hardy movies are are funnier than Marx Brothers movies? I find I uh, I don't know about their I, the movies is interesting because mostly they were they were in shorts and stuff like that. So oh, that's a um, good point. I would say I th- I find them. We should be talking about this in the Marx Brothers. I, I find them funnier. Yeah, I find that I find actually I find them equally funny. I just find the uh, Laurel and Hardy less tiring than the Marx Brothers. That's insane. You're that, insane. That's well, yeah. Well, that, that part of it we should get into because I think the tiring thing is an interesting comment. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. All right, let's move it on. This happens all the time. My mother-in-law used to do the same thing you're doing to me now. She, mm-hmm. she gave me a book, a Tim Allen book, one time. She's like, "He's hilarious." I'm like, "All right." I find that very insulting. That Tim Allen is hilarious, or that no, that you think that you're equating me with the person who said that. No, I'm sorry, Tom. I'm equating you Tim Allen with Laurel and Hardy in terms of the humor level. But uh, to be saved for the Marx Brothers episode, yes, I you wanted to talk about. <laughs> All right, what's the movie you wanted to talk about today? Uh, let's talk about a movie from uh, 1971. It's as though Ingrid Berg, uh, Ingmar Bergman uh, did Porky's. Let's talk about it. You've been saving that one up for I a kind while. Of have it. <laughs> I was you go. Isn't it a bummer when you save it up like that and then you kind of blow the delivery? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah I hate that. But, uh, no, anyways, we're talking about the uh, the Last Picture Show. 1971's The Last Picture Show. Yeah. 
Uh, so wow. This is, okay. okay, so this is Peter, two, two creative forces here. Peter Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich right? Which mm-hmm. is like two years before he does Paper Moon right. in 73. Right. But we're also talking about, is it Larry McMurtry? Larry McMurtry. Um, who did the... Well, I now, think there's three. There's actually three creative forces. Okay, working. all right. So, so Larry McMurtry, Peter Bogdanovich. But Larry McMurtry is also like um, my brother, uh, who is a cowboy, who is an actual cowboy in, mm-hmm. in Nevada and has a ranch, loves uh, Larry McMurtry for the Lonesome Dove series. Oh, and reported right. to me recently, he hasn't seen The Last Picture Show and tried to pick up, I guess it's the book, The Last Picture Show, mm-hmm. and was like, what the fuck is this? After <laughs> I'm pretty Lonesome sure it's Dove. different from Lonesome Dove, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so what's the third, who's the third creative force? Uh, that would be uh, Sybil Shepherd's Bosoms. You have a lot of material planned for today. I, I fucking I, love. I, I I like this movie a lot. There was a lot. There's a lot. More than that, there's a lot of sort of lot to comment on this movie for me. Oh, I agree. I'm going to start off by saying, um, <laughs> whenever it's out of sight, it's out of my mind entirely. And when I when every, the movie, yeah. Okay. And, and whenever I watch it, I, I put it back in my top ten. I've never seen this movie before. This is yeah. this was my first viewing of it. And okay. uh, what. Um, Extraordinary movie. It's pretty extraordinary. It absolutely is. Yeah. It, it's kind of like first off, what a fucking cast! What it's a, a cast. what a cast, folks! <laughs> but it's not just what a cast. It's what a cast of people who are gonna be amazing, and like one or two that are that were already very established at that point. Yeah, I mean, course. I mean, the, the the two we got two. The best supporting, uh, um, best supporting's uh, Academy Awards out of this one, and yeah. they both deserved it, uh, oh. and they deserved it a long for a long time. Fucking Cloris Leachman, one of my favorites of all time, and uh, was it Ben Johnson? Uh, yeah. I, first of all, I'm going to say if if there's a star of the movie, the star of the movie is Cloris Leachman. I think so for sure, and I think the second star would be Ben, ben Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Now, having said that, you said something very interesting because. Mm-hmm. Cloris Leachman made made her film debut Mm -hmm. in, um, what's the movie, the the hard-boiled detective, uh, Kiss Me Deadly. Yes, that is right. She's Uh the woman on the highway. Yeah. That's 1955 or so. That's about 15, 16 years before this. Mm -hmm. I'm not aware of much real estate acting-wise for Cloris Leachman. And I'm sure she's had smaller parts, but notable real estate for Cloris Leachman yeah. between that and 1971. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I have to look it up. I'm sure there's probably something in there. No, so I'm only responding to your thing about like the kind of the overdue, you know, it's sort of like, I, I would say this oh, is Oh, person who really deserves This it. is yeah. her first big, big break, but someone who deserves it 100%, whereas Ben Johnson, we can at least point to two years earlier. The wild bunch. Anyone? <laughs> Tector and I think that this is unfair, whatever it is, you know. The, I, I, I did, a li- did a little bit of reading on this thing, Wikipedia, thank you very much uh-huh. uh and it's it apparently ben johnson really didn't want to do this role at all that's crazy he hated a, the wording the wordiness of this role well he's he, wrong about his own he, role because shit, he yeah. is fucking it it is poetry well because bogdanovich actually looked at him and said you're gonna get an oscar if you do this and even that didn't sway him it took it took a bunch of other it took a bunch of other peer pressure to make him do it but yeah what a great what a what a great quiet little movie this is! It's the it's the second in the hat trick for Ben Johnson, right? You got Wild Bunch, mm-hmm. you got Last Picture Show, and then of course Red Dawn in nineteen eighty four. God, was he in that? Yes, he was the, he was, was he uncle the of the two girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God damn it, you're right. You're thinking of Harry Stanton, by the way. <laughs> yeah, also. yeah, I am. Yeah, like, yeah, Avenge yeah. me, boys. And why not? And why not think of Harry <laughs> Stanton every chance you get? Oh yeah. So if you want somebody who looks like they're, from, they're who looks like they're from the country and are probably made of the dirt of that country, Harry Dean Stanton and uh, Ben Johnson. You ever heard uh, Harry, hard to fucking miss. You ever heard Harry Dean Stanton's um, 
uh, uh, album he did of music. Oh, he sorry. was he was a good no he was a good musician. Was he really? He was actually he does a great rendition of Blue by You when he's like ninety and gasping for like between Marlboros. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Nice. Okay, but you favorite were, Harry Dean Stanton movie? Bro. A Coen Luke. Okay, he gets tricked into paying the guy a dollar yeah. to, to do like light duty, and it's all bullshit. Got it. Yeah. It'd be hard for. I would just answer Repo Man to be a douchebag, but still a movie I haven't seen, by the way. Really? Oh, we gotta. I don't know if that falls into our peer review. It doesn't, there. but it could be a cheat day. Okay. 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 So wait, wait, wait. So you were at the beginning of a conversation about great cast. So, so of course those oh, a great cast. Okay. Those two are the 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 I, to me the monster forces of the movie. But Bob, okay, yeah. But everybody else is doing a Timothy great job. Hutton, People are. It's not Timothy Bottoms. Oh, sorry, Timothy. Yeah, <laughs> Timothy Bottoms who. Um, Which, by the way, is not a verb. Hello. Anyway. Hello. Hello. Um, Timothy <laughs> Bottoms was. Um, <coughs> I don't think that a lot of other very notable movies, but my God, he he and Leachman in their own ways, even though their characters intersect in this mm-hmm. movie a lot, in their own ways, their move is to is to act by by pulling back. Yeah. Whereas. Um, Sybil Shepard mm-hmm. and Jeff Bridges, two mm-hmm. more great cast members. I think I want to say Sybil Shepard, if not debut, at least her. It is her debut. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, their their key is to is to move forward and take as much space as possible. Mm-hmm. The totally opposite from Cloris Leachman and and Timothy Bottoms. Well, yeah, no, because yeah, no, absolutely right. Because and they think, all work because they, there's there's a, there's a certain sort of like a Zen sort of dichotomy that each of these characters is sort of portraying yeah. on the screen, right? Yeah, yeah, and and so yeah, both of those people are so Civil Shepherd, Jeff Daniels characters, they're kind of what you'd expect. Yeah, from like they're they're kind of put they're kind of pushed forward as like what you'd expect from uh, like high schoolers in Texas at that time who also were the beautiful people on campus and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And then these other two are you know they're they're kind of misfits, hangers on in their own in their own sort of world. Um, oh yeah. And, and and what's really here's what's really funny. I thought this is really interesting is how really sort of laid back this movie is. Like, and I mean that just oh, by yeah. participation. Oh. It's a it's a it's ultimately a movie about two kids growing up. Uh, sort of reaching adulthood in a dying town in Texas, and the town is allowed to die on screen as the movie progresses. It genuinely is that. It's genuinely, like I said, you, you watch it. You watch out. You're watching a town expire, which is fucking interesting. I mean, the the, the thing about this film is that it actually, it, it on paper, it has almost nothing but cliches. And and it isn't necessarily it could fall into that and it, yeah okay. and it doesn't and and by the way it, I don't even mean to say like oftentimes we'll talk about oh this film is a victim of what it created it's not really um, trotting upon old territory it was the pioneer and it suffers for being the pioneer but I I wouldn't even say that's the case with this movie it yeah. wasn't like these were new subjects but it takes about four or five subjects that are like cinematically important and and Bogdanovich decides fuck it I'm going to take them all on mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah the dying fill in the blank the west the town the whatever it is right right um the the coming of age mm-hmm. um, the dying of the institution of marriage is is implied yes. heavily in there the of course the, leachman's husband is gay i mean it's fucking the, amazing the, yes the quiet death of um 
of middle-aged people yeah, and how, how that gets played out in cinema. Oftentimes like they inter they, uh, they're not intersect. There's a relationship between the coming of age person and, and the middle-aged sort of dying inside person. This Think about the- last American Virgin. You're <laughs> driving Carmela crazy. It's hilarious, yeah. but it's also kind of just a one more play on that sort of idea. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like so the last American Virgin, if it were doing that, you're driving Carmela crazy. That would be like, what that is is a memory that you have stored on your way to death. Like that's yeah. that's what's going on, and that's what that's what really sort of plays out in the Last Picture Show. It's that it's that like yeah, you're talking about young people coming of age and old people passing away, but it also it's heavily implying as is as, that those young people are heading right towards that old people status, and ultimately their own extinction. Which is, it's it's, it's a movie that makes you think in those terms. Yes. Well, but it gives you hope mm-hmm. that somebody is going to sort of get out of it alive, right? So it's like another great player there. It gives you hope. Yeah. I'm not saying but the it hope doesn't pay is fulfilled. Out. It's not going to pay you out that hope, but, well, it, but not, it shows that it exists. It's not, yeah, this, absolutely. it's not necessarily fully not going to either, which is one sort of open door I like about this movie. But Ellen also, Burstyn also, is another... Is it Ellen Burstyn? Yeah, right? fuck. Not only... Ellen wait, Burstyn, hold on. For hold God's on. Sake. Ellen Burstyn is great in it, but also, what is her name? for? Uh, she's the waitress. She's the... Private Benjamin. She's not. Yes. It sounds like Ellen Burst. It's a name like that. But anyway. I want to see Barbara. Hold well, on. You look, look it up while I, while I blather on. Please continue on to thy blathering. Okay. So, so yeah. It has this, they're all sort of dying. But they're dying. Even their, what appears to be dying, um, they're taking separate paths of suffering. So, it's like, look. Ben Johnson is not, is, is suffering the least. He's loved and he's lost, but he's accepted that that was a sort of um, important part of his life and that he lost it was not a big deal because he has something else going on. He's trying to save the town in a way, Mm -hmm. trying to, or to keep it going. Right. He's, he's, he's got it on life support. He's got a charge who's, who's a a, a, a mentally disabled Mm -hmm. um, kid who, who plays largely into sort of um, uh, metaphorically into the town because the town kind of hates this kid. For, yes. for for being, for being mentally retarded, right, right. Um, but at the same time, there's a certain segment of the town who wants to save the kid. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's like the movie theater itself, right? Who's mm-hmm. it, which is the the the, the title metaphor for the yeah, thing, yeah. right? Um, it has, and you know, one of the things I really like about this, I'm jumping all over the place, so I'll hand it back to you. One of the things I really like about this film is wherever you think it's going to dwell, like the Hollywood Nights. I, which I still appreciate as a great movie has a classic thing where oh somebody's going to Vietnam and this is going to be a lot of conversation right. about we don't know what's out there what's going to happen wink wink audience of 1980 <laughs> right but it's like the last picture show has a little bit of that with the Korean War but it's it just sort of like just one blip on the radar it never yeah. hovers too long in an area even where I I wanted to hover more with like Cloris Leachman and Timothy yeah, Bottoms yeah, yeah. it does me a favor and doesn't indulge me in in hanging out there too long well, cuz that's deep waters man yeah it's really deep water well well put that i i, I would say the, the, one of the things okay and you just talked about it how it, it's you know it, it's implying the death or or the the hope of a transformation yeah. but it doesn't necessarily say that that's going to be a better thing oh no <laughs> it really does it it's just saying it's going to be different that's well, that that scene that near the end where Timothy Bottoms tries to make his escape and then realizes he can't or he's unable or doesn't have the will, uh-huh. you're really not sure that it's a good idea anyway. Yes, yeah. you know, and that's that's kind of another part of the magic. And it's like all these people who have fallen into roles. I mean, the 
probably the clumsiest for me is is that Sybil Shepherd is is this going down this parallel path to mm-hmm. her mom. Right. Right. Yeah. Who is who is initially this <laughs> unlikable character because mm-hmm. um, she has a husband she hates. She drinks all day long. She fools around with other men. She's open about it in front of Sybil Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. She she she's in danger of becoming Sharon Stone in Casino. That, yeah. that kind of hated the character, <laughs> right? But but when you realize is, is that and I don't want to give away how precisely that she was a young woman mm-hmm. who gave people hope and dreams and had hope and dreams herself, you realize you're you're less mad at her and more mad at Sybil Shepherd, right? But at the for same, going immediately down that road right. rather than lingering in goodness. Well, the other thing about that too is that is is how she. You also see Sybil Shepherd being sort of shuttered into that character. She becomes she's the most caricaturish person in this whole for in this sure. whole movie. Absolutely, yes. yeah. she's yeah, but. Like I don't know, dude. Did she like? Yeah, you, you're left to wonder, like, what kind of a choice did she have um, according to the upbringing that she she received? And like, in, it, it's, it's hard to say. She's it would from, be easy to villainize her, but at the same time, I, I have a lot of compassion for her. For, and that has not much to do with the fact that I masturbated a lot to her back in the '80s. I didn't. I, I never found her very. Um, she was my. Oh, oh, she was my. She was my number one. As far as, as far as like my my, my representation <laughs> of masturbatory womanhood, like actual womanhood, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was my one back in the eighties. She well, she had that that great sort of um, um, his girl Friday repartee with Bruce Willis in, back in when the he moonlight. was funny, Remember, right? And back when he had more hair. Than you do now, which I think is uh, mm. sort of tells you something about. And I think you could get Sybil Shepherd now, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I think she's diabetic. She, I think she does, she's missing her limbs. Or oh, something. nice. Um, and she can't run. Would you get sued, sued for that? <laughs> <laughs> I am not missing limbs. <laughs> who's, who's listening? That's right. Would it be sad if she was? She, she and Jenny were just hanging out in a room. Or Jenny is actually um, a lawyer who's finally found this case, and now that's a big conflict. Is do I do I press a case against the Finleys? It's mm-hmm. it's the. Um, you want? She wants both of our microphones. <laughs> 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 actually, took away the one thing we actually own: property of the crown. I want to get back to this movie, though. It's such a. Oh, right, it's, the movie. it's uh, well. Now, here's what I also find funny. I started off with making a joke about Porky's, but what's really interesting to me, one of the things that's fascinating about this movie to me is this is this is like one of my. I think it's one of. Uh, I wouldn't say one of the first, but I think this is a hugely influential movie on the whole coming of age story, which turned, which they, in the eighties we turned into the coming of age comedy. I didn't catch that. Really? I, I mean that that was a joke. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, well, okay. So you're it's right. Just, just the notion that one day death will come for you is it's, it's enough for me. Yeah. Fine. So American graffiti is two years after this. What's before? Yeah. No, there's before this was the summer of, was it summer of 42 or I think that's about that's the same year. Really? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, I wonder it, it's the culture, right? The sixties come along and it's like, um, you know, younger people have asserted that yeah. we have a voice. They are asserting it's, it in a different way, but it's it, kind of the beginning of the youth culture that we were enjoying. What right we now. call the youth culture, <laughs> kids today. <laughs> yeah, this mm-hmm. movie that's nearly five decades old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, I, I mean, let's talk about also the cinematography. It's in beautiful black and white, and yeah. and I, you know, I, I really have to be careful because I I tend to be a person who thinks like black and white is automatically beautiful. I've seen some some films. That I think 
would have been better off in color. So yeah, sure, I want to be sure. fair about it. Or, but some, it, or somewhere in black and white or color doesn't really make a difference. But there sure. are movies like this one and uh, like m- more obvious choices like The Pawnbroker or something where like uh, the particular black and white with a particular shading, The Pawnbroker has a different shading than this one, but it's like it's so intentionally beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I can't get around it. The, the sort of the minimalist um, set, if you will, it is this tiny town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a different, you know, I grew up in a town that's a little bit like this town in Texas, mm-hmm. whereas I, I think you grew up in a more sort of larger suburban area. It totally shows. Yeah, but, suburb but, boy all the but way. But I don't think that, 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 I think it's probably true for you as well. You, you could, what, what was it, like Campbell, right? Outside of San Jose? No, in San Jose. I grew oh, up in San Jose. I think even San Jose, the one of the world's largest suburbs, really, um, you could say this the sort of the same thing. Like, my God, the the that um, particular diner that we hung out at, or that oh, that yeah. movie theater, or whatever it is, it's going, and therefore, and that's why I think whether it's Last Picture Show or or uh, the Hollywood Nights or whatever it is, you know, Hollywood Nights, Tubby's Drive-In is closing. That that somehow maybe it's a, a, a Western thing, but it's like. There's part of the plot is usually that some institution is dying because if an institution dies, it's easier to sort of pin your attention to it because human beings are frail and all over the place. So when they're sort of dying off, you can sort of slough it off. But good storytellers have them simultaneously dying off. It's the last picture show. It's it's showing its (laughs) last movie. And I I wrote it down and then forgot now, but I I noted some of the movies that were represented. I think Red River was one of them. Well, that that is the last picture in the last picture show, first off. I was wondering, and I... I was not an accident i should have done some thinking about this well, but i was yeah, wondering about bogdanovich whether those were <laughs> easter eggs in a way for for like little messages about the film itself right because red mm-hmm. river is a film um about a, a father and son a father figure and a son mm-hmm. coming to terms with each other to this big job they have to do and in a way there's a lot of that intergenerational stuff happening in this yeah, film as yeah, well definitely little moments that remind me of high school you know timothy bottoms and that first awful oh well, i wouldn't even say awful girlfriend there was nothing wrong with her it was just ridiculous that they were even thinking <laughs> about being together for any longer than six months right. in high school right and and, and also like it weren't didn't we all have that at some point like the, that's yeah. the awkwardness of trying to learn how to have a relationship is, is plays a huge part in this movie. I mean, that's part of the, the coming of age thing. But Timothy Bottoms sort of like the way he acts by sort, sort of almost withdrawing himself because something happens always and he goes, oh, fine. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, wow, it's some of the deepest acting in the film, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges, on the other hand, who I think is good in the film and mm-hmm. I like him as an actor, probably has the easiest job yes. in the film because he just plays plays the goofball um, well, he's, jock type or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's basically, I mean, like, he, he was hired specifically to be the good-looking jock yeah. kind of asshole, yeah, which yeah, he yeah. plays beautifully in this movie. Yeah, so sure. I think, I think honestly, the next year, we already talked about this other movie called uh, The Fat City, uh, I think is one of his best roles ever of yeah, all time. Yeah. But he's still going strong. He's still doing putting out, like, good roles. True Grit was amazing, i got to be honest. Yeah, I know. I, I hate to say it because I'm, I'm not usually a fan of remakes, but that might have been oh, yeah, much no, better than the original. <laughs> no, I think it actually was. I, yeah. and, and, it, and it pains me horribly to say that. But anyway, Jeff, Jeff Bridges definitely... Um, well, he, he and Civil Shepherd again, they're playing the most stereotypical people. They're, they're, they're kind of the... Uh, 
they're, they're the audience expectation backdrop events around which the rest of the movie happens, frankly. I would say the third stereotype that still works because it's it's used sparsely is, oh, what is her name? from The woman from Private oh, Benjamin. Oh, yeah, bigger part. Eileen Brennan. Eileen Brennan, that's it. She I, plays yeah. Genevieve. I, I think she, <laughs> as the waitress. and it's Sassy like, waitress. Yeah, she's in there. Um She's in. You know, she's what? like a Greek chorus, and during exactly. most of the movie, yeah, That's I was essentially say Jiminy Cricket, but yeah, she's, she's the, the one who goes like, "Shut up and be, you know, shut up and do the right thing." You know, not only that, but she not only chastises people for their bad behavior, she mm-hmm. forgives them in the face of their recognizing it. So, like, yes. when she's ready to get all, all of her Timothy Bottoms for something he does, which I won't reveal here, for which you yourself are disappointed in him because yeah. you like him yeah, yeah. and he participates in something you're disappointing in, and then and then when she starts to get on him and he does that great acting of just sort. Mm-hmm. Like I know, <laughs> um, she she all of a sudden becomes motherly to him because yeah. it's like she understands how people need to to navigate. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's a four star <laughs> movie for it's sure. Really fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's one of those movies that sort of been on my radar for most of my life, and I just sort of never got around to it. Yeah. Um. What other movies? What What other movies? Um. Seem reminiscent of this one. Uh, you know what it seems like the uh, sort of like the other end of it. What was uh, the Bruce Dern's movie came out a couple of years ago? Nebraska, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, like it has th- that. Yeah. Like seems like that's almost the end of this movie in a sense. Like the kids are now fifty years older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's fifty years older, and you know, and death is still an ongoing procedure, basically. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. <laughs> I don't off think what it's as good as said, this one, but to say Bruce Dern always has a particular character, which is not to say that he always plays the same person, but there's always the same feeling you get from from Bruce Dern. There's nah. a Bruce Dernism that comes yeah. through, <laughs> and although he's not in the Last Picture Show, it has a Bruce Dernism in it. Oh yeah, that's my the end of my statement. Well, all right, it's <laughs> got Bruce Dernism in it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I'm Bruce Dern. Hello, I'm and I'm in it. My name's Bruce Dern. Hello. And my, what's the, who's the director? I forget. Bogdanovich? No, no, no. The guy we always... Uh, he, he, Sidney LeMet. Sidney LeMet. <laughs> yes. Hello, my name's Bruce Dern, and I'm going to introduce Sidney LeMet. Oh, we, we couldn't keep the, the quality up. Sorry, Jen. No, you just refused to help. <laughs> I didn't yes end. I apologize. Yes. End. End. Okay, uh, I think we both love the movie. I don't know what else there is to say without ruining uh, anything. I'm, but yeah. I'm going to give this movie at least three stars for sure. Definite three stars <laughs> out of two. Yeah. It's that good. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's a tremendous movie. Please go watch this movie. Absolute recommendation. Post haste. Yes. That Get thing. thee to a screen. Post haste is one of those sentences, one of those phrases that makes me want to like find out where the fuck did that even come from? Post haste? I guess it's yeah, male, right? I guess. I don't know. As if mail was ever quick. Ah, huh? hey, folks. Hey. All right. That's it. Okay, buddy. Uh, I liked it. I uh, loved it. I want more of it. Thanks. Thanks for. Thank you, Jen E. Jenny? Yeah. From, thank you, Jen Nay. Does she say where, what, nice. where in Scotland she's from specifically? No, she does not. And what was her last name and address? We're not going to email address. <laughs> I, I per, somehow I pictured Jenny as like, you know, like a 17 year old sassy, sassy Scottish chick. You know what you should do, hmm? uh, Jenny? No, no, never mind. Yeah, let's not. Let's, okay. let's not force the lawsuit. No, no, no. It was, it was revealing too much about us, but oh. uh, forget it. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks anyway. And I, I think uh, we're going to take your Marx Brothers suggestion uh, too hard because I've been wanting to do Marx Brothers for a while. And uh-huh. it gives me a chance to talk to Tommy about his problems. Yes. Okay. Uh, love you, Tommy. I uh, love you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Like it or not. <laughs>